2022 season is here and the FPL surgery is back. Hello everybody and welcome back to the FPL Surgery Podcast ahead of the 2022-23 season. Yes, we are back, but I'm afraid it is different for the podcast this year. I was very close to shutting the whole thing down, but my co-hosts convinced me to keep it going, keeping the surgery live. So this year, unfortunately, there won't be any usual weekly pods as we have done for the last seven years. It will be only three, maybe four this season. One now, a couple in the international breaks maybe, and one at the end. Sorry for the sad news, but unfortunately, we just all don't really have the time to to keep it going as we did before but as mentioned we are not done yet okay welcome back listeners to the 247th episode of the fpl surgery podcast with me it is last year's hope rich aka flapjack welcome back rich hi yes nice not having to host anymore (laughs) (laughs) you say that every single time i host you're like oh it's so nice not to host last time it was you hosting though wasn't it when i was on and i was like oh it was nice not to host but yeah now i'm back in the chair and now it's my turn to be able to say that yeah and we did do one last week didn't we but it kind of got lost (laughs) yeah it did did get lost but i've still got the the audio i'll just send you the audio don't worry about it don't worry Anyway, we also had two years ago host uh, Josh Paxman. He was on last week. Unfortunately, he can't make it tonight, but he will be on future pods. And last but not least, we have my old pod partner, Stefan Hallshaw. How are you doing, Stefan? Well, uh, I'm sitting here in the boring room, just another rainy Sunday afternoon. So uh, I was I was wasting my time and I didn't have anything to do. So I was pretty much just hanging around waiting for you, James. <laughs> <laughs> and fi- finally you called. Oh, right. So okay. I'm good. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're well. The boring room is that what you call it? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> you didn't get it. Uh, I'm sure some will get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm Rich. Are you as confused as I am? <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite get that. <laughs> I just yeah. thought you meant it was a. Bo- I thought it looked like a nice room. It's like a veranda or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm fine. Everything's fine here in Norway. And I'm excited to do this pod. And, oh, and nice. the the rest of them this season, although it's not going to be that many. Yeah, we will be doing a few, so look forward to them. Right, if you if you haven't listened to us before, I'm known as the Iceman. I've had three top 10k finishes in FPL, with my highest being 2,243rd. Last year, I finished 23k. Flapjack has had four top 10k finishes, with his best being 2,214th. Last year, finished 20k. And Josh has had five top 10k finishes, with his best being 516th. He finished 14k last year, and Stefan has had three top 3k finishes with his best being 150th. And where did you finish last year, Stefan? 27k. Mm-hmm. Behind you somehow. <laughs> I'm not sure this <laughs> yeah. is right. What's going on? <laughs> what happened there? Anyway, we'll, we'll get into that more as the episode goes on. Anyway, in this episode, we will discuss our current teams. I'm going to say current because I'm sure that will even change within five. What, what we got left? So we've got six days left. Uh, Mikael Tokvam's algorithm team, going template at the start and avoiding risk, one, two or three premiums, how the World Cup will affect the start, when to use the first wild card, 50-50 choices between players, batterings, hall of shame and uh, we'll do our season predictions at the end. Okay, we're going to move straight on to our current teams and a bit of discussion around them. Rich, I'll start with you first, take it from here. Yeah, so when we recorded last week, I was thinking I was pretty locked in. Although so much has changed this week that the team's changed quite a bit. So I'm going to go for a, possibly a 5-2-3. Really heavy at the back. So I've got Meslier in goal, Trent Robertson, Cancelo and Diaz. 
Although I guess he could become, I mean, Diaz could become Ake or someone. Although I don't really need the money at the moment. Um, and then Reese James. Um, midfield, Salah, who are captain, obviously. Neto, Haaland, Jesus and Mitrovic up front. I mean, the only downside with this is my bench is a load of 4.5 midfielders. But we've been given potentially a couple of okay ones. Yeah, all of them potentially can start, isn't it? Pereira, De Silva, they can start. I think um, Chukwu Meko, is that his name? Yeah, Chukwu Meko. He, he <laughs> could, yeah, he, he could potentially go though. So yeah, and, uh, Da Silva didn't start the last game for Brentford. I'm pretty sure. This could be the downside with this team. Obviously, not having not having a very good bench at all. I just like the defender so much and. I mean, Diaz isn't the one I'm not locked on, but he could easily become like Perisic or Chilwell. You know, they're players I'm a little bit nervous about, but I probably would want them pretty early on. The thing is, though, your issue from my point of view is your flexibility with hauling midfielders. Like, you know, if anyone, say, Bowen or someone hauled, it's almost like you've got three transfers to move to get to the likes of Bowen or even Grealish, etc. Say, say Bowen is the one you want to go for and you need him. Like it's 4.5 up to Bowen is a 4 mil increase. And like, yeah, you could maybe do it with Neto, but that's still 3 million you have to find. Haaland and Jesus, I'm assuming, will probably be locks in your team. So I don't think you can use them. Mitrovic, you could use, but by the point of, just say, when Bowen does kick off, Fulham's fixtures turn and you probably don't want to get rid of them by then. That's when everyone else will be getting in. And even if you did do him, you're only saving getting yourself two million, not three or four. It would be at the back where you'd have to it's so spread, even TAA down to a four million only gives you three point five. This team is it's not really flexible at all. Even because you've got that mixture of it. So that's why we were talking before. We've we've discussed our teams quite a bit on WhatsApp, but that's why maybe Rashford would be probably a better option because if you go Matt Rashford over Mitrovic, it just gives you that bit more flexibility to, to move to a different player because you know game week one happens. No one, barely anyone, is happy with every player in their team. That's yeah, a fact. Yeah. I, I've, I've thought about this quite a lot and I actually kind of disagree. Well, so I'm, I'd be, if, if there's a defender I really want to bring in, like Perisic or Chilwell, I can quite easily do it. And if there's another striker I want to bring in, Obviously, I can quite easily do that. I'd argue I'm probably two two moves away from someone like Bowen or or Foden. How? Um, I How? Could just, How are you going to well, do that? Because I could downgrade, say, Jesus to a 4.5 yeah, and then you, upgrade you're Neto. Gonna, you're not going to want to downgrade the likes of Jesus and Haaland. Like, they're kind of good price points. You want to move to like a Vardy with Jesus or you know, not as far down, maybe to like a, a Tony or whoever's the 7 million. And still, that doesn't give you enough. Whereas if you go all the way to... The 4.5 then it's it, the same though say i didn't have mitrovic and i had rashford yeah it's kind of the same situation really i might not want to downgrade rashford no and it, that would only free up two not million. really because then you've got that just say you've got Cancelo, maybe you can downgrade him to a four million and then you get three million and then you've got 9.5 to move rashford up to a, an 8.5 or even like you know 9.5 but like you can easily move there if you've already got the money in place in a certain position whereas you can't if it's all over the place like you've kind of got your back line when we get to your team, I'll be able to use the same argument, though, for just <laughs> okay. a different position. Yeah, all right. Well, well, I want to hear that when we get the, to it. The, the main problem here is your bench. You pretty much just have Andreas on your bench. Da Silva mm-hmm. didn't start last game. He might be dead. Shukwameka might be dead already. So you have basically Andreas and no real flexibility, as James says. So I would definitely free up some money. Uh, say you, you free up 0.5 for Da Silva to Bailey. That makes a difference. 
Yeah, even, did, though, yeah. even though Bailey Bailey isn't sure to to play everything, but at least you have some some someone on your bench. I like that. I think that's why. I mean, if we knew Perisic is definitely going to start, then I could just downgrade Diaz to Perisic to get that money, and then I'll do exactly what you say. I would get in Bailey just to have another midfielder um, or, or another bench option at least. Or if you like Walker. I mean, that's. I mean, Ake could be an option as well, possibly. I mean, obviously, I'd probably be looking at wildcarding a bit earlier if I'm doing stuff like that. But because Laporte's out, well, for the month, yeah, Laporte's out for the month. But yeah, I don't like Walker. Walker doesn't have any attacking threat at all. He did get for and, quite far forward in that um, charity shield game. Yeah, but he never does anything. <laughs> Someone so like he... Walker, if I'm cutting costs there, I'm going to be more likely to use my bench, possibly. Mm. Yeah, he might also be benched. So. I'd rather do another point a five point five point oh than Walker mm. if I was, if I was going to go down to five point oh. I even considered I don't know what you two think about this, going Van Dyke over Robertson. Yeah, yeah, I I don't hate that. I think that Robertson is the better option, obviously we all know that, but I don't hate it. It's a good point five saving. That makes no sense for me with uh, one game in the in the week and we are arguing, uh, do you go Diaz or do you go Robertson? Because they are two of the best assets in the game. And why lose out one of the best assets in the game for a 0.5 saving? True. Makes, and that will no be doing yeah. over Robertson. Just to strengthen my bench a little bit. My, my backing of, of Walker, um, he's not currently in my team. I've thought about him. But my backing of him is that I don't really have any other right backs other than Cancelo. And it doesn't look like the Cucurella move is going. It might do, and it might change things by that's the disappointment that the window doesn't close before the, the season starts. But if Cucurella doesn't come, then surely Walker's going to be nailed. Okay, can play left and uh, Cancelo right. Hmm. Stones, Diaz in the middle. Yeah, yeah, true. Stones can play right as well. So yeah. How many times has Stones played right back there? Sometimes. Hmm. Walker that- doesn't excite me. <laughs> no, Jesus. it doesn't really mean as well. It's just kind of a placeholder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I do quite like the team as well, Rich. I just wanted to just no, it's, it's, highlight it's my your big, unflexibility. It's my biggest worry with it. And I know from the draft I did before, we'd actually been talking on WhatsApp, and Stefan scared me into getting a, a better bench. <laughs> but then I guess I've been left to my own devices, and my bench has got gradually worse. <laughs> um, but I, I think... I'd hope most of these players are quite nailed. Like someone like Mitrovic, that's why I like him because he's you know ninety minutes and penalties. Um, but obviously he's yeah. got an awful first fixture. But at least at least it's at home. So I mean, I guess a small sensible move would be maybe to go for one of the six point five, like Rashford, for example, over Mitrovic. Yeah, just, just there's a gamble. lot of strikers I like this year, and they're they're cheap. There's a lot of quite underpriced ones. Well, Not all with the best fixtures, obviously. Um, like Solanke and Mitrovic have horrific fixtures. But people do still get COVID, right? So they might mm. miss a game here and there. True. No, it's very true. It's very true. And I did see a benefit last year. Yeah, and I, the, one of the benefits I noticed last year was I had Pookie on my bench quite a lot. He, I think he was 5.8 million. And it meant I could save transfers quite a few few times because I didn't need to bring a player in if a player had COVID. I could just, you know, I had yeah. a good first sub. Yeah, I agree but, with that yeah. because it makes it it's much easier to, to just roll one game week with a yellow flag player or one player is going to miss one week with illness, whatever, mm-hmm. and 
you don't have to do anything active and then you're falling behind when everyone else has two free transfers you need to figure out if you're going to wait then or do something later so it's definitely worth 0.5 to make the Silva to Bailey or some other 5.0 yeah I'm, I'm definitely going to look at that I mean I would kind of hate benching Bailey in in the first game week but at least I'll have a better bench then you get the price rises when he scores. That's true. <laughs> All the price price falls when he doesn't start. <laughs> he, he is a value player, isn't yeah. he? I, I, I don't know if he... Well, yeah, true. He may, he may get down, but he's not highly owned at the moment. But he is a value player that probably people are going to jump on if he does get anything because he's so cheap. I, I'm pretty... Uh... I'm pretty sure no one's going to jump onto Silva at least. So you need you need to figure out yeah, true. someone else. That's yeah. 4.5. Andreas yeah. is pretty good. I'm sure I'm sure we'll come to that eventually. So I'll go through Josh's team quickly. So Josh's team, he has 1 million in the bank. and So he's got Martinez in goal. Trent, Cancelo, James and Perisic at the back. Salah captain, uh, Luis Diaz, Neto and Bailey across the middle with Haaland or Holland. I'm going to say Haaland for this podcast. Apologies if you take offence on the pronunciation. And uh, Jesus <laughs> up top. On the bench he's got Olsen, Nico Williams, Andreas Pereira and Taylor. So what don't you like about that, Stefan? Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't understand the Martinez pick because they have such uh, tough fixtures. Mm. And the, the only issue, of course, is to have... Uh, Rich said you didn't want Bailey on your bench. But the other issue is, do you really want to have Bailey in your starting 11 each game week? Because that may also turn sour pretty quick. So I guess he's going to rotate maybe Bailey with uh, Andreas from Fulham. Yeah. If Bailey doesn't play, yeah, that's the only only issue. The Diaz versus Robertson is also a thing, of course. I can see that the rest of us have gone for Robertson, and he's the only one who who went for Diaz. And I think I just like Robertson so much more, even though I know it's pretty pretty close. You saw Diaz get a bunch of minutes in the community shield because he's needed when Jota is out injured. Jota is out injured indefinitely, I think. So I do understand the appeal for Luis Diaz, but I'm not I still think Robertson is the better pick. Yeah, well, well, we'll come back to those questions which you kind of raised there in terms of Diaz versus Robertson, and we need to talk about uh, Pereira a little bit as well. But Rich, any problems with his team that you think? Um, I mean, he's got a couple more rotation risk players than I've got. I feel because we've got. I mean, his bench does look a little bit better because he's got Nico Williams. Not that I expect him to get that many points. And I guess the argument you used against my team, I know he's on, obviously this is a 4-4-2, but he's got Neto and Bailey um, and obviously Pereira as well in in midfield. So, and I couldn't see him selling Luis Diaz, you know, if someone like Mount becomes... I I think he's sellable though, Diaz. I think you you could sell him. You'd still want three Liverpool though. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. But then it's not that much of a difference for Perisic up to, you know, if we find out that, um, Gomez is starting centre back for Liverpool or something like do you know that you can change things. I, I can see that. I, I I don't feel like it's inflexible. I feel like it. I don't yeah, see the difference between his and mine really. <laughs> like, he's gonna have the same issues if certain players. And, but every team's gonna have that. It's it's better with price points if if we want to take that approach. Yeah. But the problem is as you said, the price point is good with eight point oh. You can go down to pretty much anyone in midfield, except you don't want to lose three Liverpool players. The moment you sell Diaz is the moment you want to buy Robertson. Yeah. Yeah. So even though it's more flexible on paper, it leaves you in the tricky situation if the player you're going to sell is one of the most valuable assets or could have been Robertson. Yeah, well, let's discuss that a bit more. So Luis Diaz versus Robertson. Rich, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Obviously, you've gone Robertson. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously both are good, and I think that's a dilemma a lot of people have got. I think ownership-wise, I've seen that a lot more people have Diaz. Yeah, I just, I just prefer, I just prefer Robertson slightly. I prefer the structure with five at the back. I mean, Stefan would know more about Liverpool than me, but I still don't think Diaz is. He's not going to play ninety minutes every week, is he? He's going to be starting most games, I'd imagine. The thing is, uh, is he going to play, play ninety? Uh, not exactly ninety, but no one's going to play ninety except Kane, no. I think. Salah is going to play a bunch, but. The the thing about Diaz is I still haven't seen him uh, finish uh, well. He he he's, he creates much. He has some uh, takes up some good positions, but it doesn't have that uh, end product yet. Uh, I haven't seen it enough for me to be comfortable. No, I've seen people compare him to Mane, um, but I, th- I yeah, didn't really see that. And a couple of his goals were out, you know screamers from outside the box, not like Mane. Mane got a lot of tapping. Yeah. He needs more end product for me to be comfortable going him over Robertson. Yeah, and I, I think that was the Charity Shield game which kind of nailed it that he wasn't in my team anymore. Yeah, Robertson got forward and had probably more chances than he did and just didn't look as active. And you know when you can see a player like you watch Salah, he's always involved, he's always getting forward, they're looking for him all the time. So you just know he's one of these players that are going to get involved in the goals. Lewis Diaz didn't really look like that in that game and I'm not just basing it on that game. Obviously he was... He did do pretty well towards the end of last season, but it just wasn't enough. It wasn't the potential of Robertson, and also you can change it around. Uh, the, the only thing is, I, I had Diaz because of structure, and I like having that eight mil uh, midfielder. I don't really know which one of the eight million midfielders are the best, so that's why I kind of took it out. I wasn't really confident in any of them. You could go for likes of you know Foden or Mount or uh, Saka. Saka, yeah, Saka is probably one of the best, but. I, again, I don't really feel that confident. You know, with Martinelli in there, I, you can go him over Saka, and they're both playing in the same position, interchanging positions. I wasn't really confident on any of the eight million, so that's kind of why I decided to go Robbo in the end. Let's let's move on to your team. But it's just like, like we were just talking about. Sorry, really quickly there, because yeah. we were talking about you know, price points. But the fact you wouldn't sell Diaz because he's your third Liverpool spot, it's not really a price point if you're not going to sell. Mm. Because if Diaz I goes out in the first sell. game and Mount scores a brace, you're not going to do Diaz to Mount on you know on Saturday Sunday night. No, no, no good point. So kind of his price is irrelevant in a, in a way. <laughs> if the... if we if we aim for if we aim for wildcard game week eight, say eight nine six six to eight six to nine, then we basically want to pick the players who who can be in the team for those six seven eight nine game weeks. And, and I'd rather use my free transfer on, on Bailey, who didn't work out, or Neto, who didn't work out, or sing in defense with James if uh, they sign another right wing back and he gets moved into central position or something. You're more or less yeah. listing the team. I, 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 I'd, I'd rather just leave my just go for it. players alone. Do you yeah. just go for your team? You've said, said <laughs> okay, half of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had, uh, I had the Brighton goalkeepers, Sanchez and Steele, and I have uh, Trent and Robertson, Cancelo, James and Perisic. In a in a five at the back, Perisic joined the team last uh, last night when I watched uh, Spurs versus Roma game. Midfield: Neto, Salah, Martinelli, and on the bench: Bailey and Andreas, and up top: Holland and Jesus, along with Archer from. So you're uh, saying it's Holland the correct way because you're yeah, it, it's Holland, <laughs> but uh, it's no big deal. No. He even said Holland himself. Yeah, I, I heard he, he's al- allowing Makes the English no sense. to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I bet you wouldn't. Yeah. You'd be bang on it. No. Like, you could say my name properly, otherwise you'll get the knife. Yeah, the, his... yeah. So that I'm the first one with Martinelli here. I, I really like Martinelli as well. Six point oh. Mm. 
Yeah, I like. I think it's hard hard to fail him. Smith yeah. Rowe is out still. Makes makes uh, makes sense to have Martinelli. Neto should be fine. And and I have Bailey on the bench. It might of course uh, be painful the first game week, but uh, in game week two I can rotate Bailey in and Perisic out when he faces Chelsea. In game week three I can uh, bench Neto against Spurs and play Bailey. If Bailey works out, if it doesn't work out, I don't have to do it. I can maybe transfer him out in gaming three or something. But if it, if it does well, he might become a bit of a bandwagon. And yeah, would be nice to be on it. Well, I think. I mean, I I had Bailey in quite a bit to start with, and then I took him out just because of the. You know, there was a lot of talk around you know, how much, how many minutes he was getting, whether or not he would start. Villa do have some players there. It's Ings, Watkins, Coutinho, even Brendia can play in that position, but he's doing well so far. I looked at his um, XGI per 90 in the Bundesliga, and 17-18 it was 0.51, 18-19 it was 0.44, this is per 90 by the way, 19-20 it was 0.56, and 20-21 it was 0.55. He didn't have a great season last season. And obviously, you've got the Bundesliga tax added onto those uh, stats. But he could become the biggest pricing mistake, I think, pricing him that low. So that's why he's currently in my team. But yeah, I agree with all what you said. The problem is is the starts. And it just shows pre-season, we're kind of hoping and clinging on to that he will play. So yeah, I, I do agree with that choice. Yeah, that's why I have him on my bench as well. Let let's see what he does game week one, and I can play him game week two and three if it works out, and if not, he stays on my bench or gets sold. Yeah, yeah, fair. So the so the key point for me is not relying on Bailey to to start for me every week. Yeah. Holes in your team for me is Perisic. I know he played last night, and he what did he get ninety minutes? Did he in the end? Seventy or something. Seventy. So he's yeah probably going to start the first game. Sessegnon is still there. They've still got Davis hanging around. I know Davis is more of a central player now. but That was the issue in the game yesterday. Sanchez played the left centre-back from from the start and he got taken off at half-time. Uh, Davis isn't fit because Sanchez didn't do his job. So Davis, he plays left centre-back for sure. He's not going to play the wing-back. I think, yeah, I think, I think and, you're right. Yeah, and, and there were some... Uh, some quotes from Conte about uh, Perisic and Doherty not being up to shape yet, but uh, that they they're gonna work on it and they need to be sharper and blah blah blah. Perisic isn't his best Perisic, but he loves Perisic. He he brought him in. He 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 plays like a winger. So I'm, yeah. I'm at this point I'm ready to take I'm ready to take the bet. And would you say it's a gamble? Come Friday. Would you list it as a gamble? Yeah, it might be a gamble, but mm, <laughs> yeah. okay. it feels. I, I can bench versus Chelsea, and if he's going to be benched one game, they don't need his attacking threat versus Chelsea. They maybe need some more defensively solid. Hmm. So if he's benched versus Chelsea, I bench him anyways. Hopefully because Bailey, Bailey does his thing. But that's the problem with Conte's wing-backs. Right side, he's got Doherty, just brought in Spence. Left side, he's got Perisic and Sessegnon. I do think there'll be a lot of rotation there. Yeah, who knows whether or not it'll be at the start of the season. I, I don't know, but I'm just you know, wary of that. I can see the risk. The risk is, is you know, it's one of those high-risk, high-reward type things, but not sure I'm going to go there. Any issues you got with Stefan's team, Rich? 
Oh, I mean, I really like it. The Perisic one's interesting. Maybe I'm just not being that bold. I've gone for, obviously, I've gone for Diaz, and then I can look to move to Perisic or, or Chilwell, who's another one that's got, obviously, massive upside, but a few question marks over. I think there's a few more question marks over Chilwell at the moment than Perisic. I can really see the appeal with that, that you know, home to Southampton, game week one. I mean, that could be huge. And I guess there's a lot of options you can move to if 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 you're wrong, as it were. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like yeah. it. I like the team. Yeah. If you're willing to accept a price drop, and I, I, I'm always always willing to accept the price drop, and there's still a bunch of 5.0 guys who are good, good picks. I'm going to give you a scenario. Trippier could be, could be one, of course. Yeah, he's <laughs> one on, on my radar too. But I'm going to give you a quick scenario then, Stefan. One of the 8 million midfielders hits it off. Say Mount, Mount scores a hat-trick. Yeah, I've got to question things. Mount scores a hat-trick, first game week. You want Mount. How are you getting him? I don't want Mount. If I w- wanted Mount, I would be in my team. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: you can't. Why are Mount gonna score more goals in game week two because he scored some in game week one? Okay, say he scores in game week one and game week two. Game week three, you're like, oh, I think I need Mount. Well, I, I could always sell uh, sell Perisic. I have have some money in the bank. Upgrade Martinelli. But the, the thing is. With the big at the back, you pretty much need to trust the big at the back and, and don't go chasing everything that happens just right in front of you. Yeah. That players, everyone's going to get a goal here and there. Eight million players are good players. They're going to get some goals, get some points. But uh, the trick is to stay patient and uh, don't jump on everything that happens. At least not after the fact. I remember the end of last season. I didn't have a. I went. Obviously, a lot of us did. At the end of the season, we had like five, you know, premium defenders. But I remember it took me quite a few weeks to get there because I'd already used my wild card. So it can go the other way, can't it? There could be a defender you really want, mm. and with the big at the back, you know, where you've got five premium defenders, you've got the flexibility there, which people, other people might not have. They might have to sell Mount because he's banked a couple of times to get Perisic. And yeah, I could and, see a world where Perisic matches or outscores Mount across the season. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not Mount, but uh, but Jesus is also uh, Jesus is also an 8.0 player who could be downgraded. I see him as a value player, though. Jesus, he's they've yeah. underpriced Holland him could well. be. Maybe it doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Yeah. But I'm pretty set on Holland after yesterday. I see yeah. all, all of us are are landed there, so yeah, it's we, no real debate anymore. We did, we did land there in the end. I mean, he got. Over 1.5 xG against one of the best defenses in the world. I know he didn't score and he missed a couple of sitters, but he did look good. He was very active in that city team. He's going to get loads of chances. He's going to score. Don't think we need to say much more about Holland. I'm going to list my team quickly, and then you can burn me, Rich, if you want to. So at the moment, I've changed, you know, swapped this around a few times, but I was on Sanchez in goal, but I'm now on Edison in goal, and I've got TAA, Robertson, Cancelo, and James at the back just the traditional template back line and then across the middle I'm starting with Bailey he's my risky one then I've got Salah captain Martinelli Neto and then up top it's Holland and Jesus on the bench at the moment I've got Steele which potentially could be Ward depending on whether or not Schmeichel who's I think he's put a transfer request in maybe he might leave and then I've got Zinchenko on the bench at the moment there's that 5 million option which could be Trippier or one of those other 5 mils and I've got Archer and uh, Andreas Pereira on the bench so I've got a sub to swap Bailey if it does go wrong um, and then go back to say Big at the back but um, 
I'm not 100% on this team still. I think we're all really tinkering little bits here and there, but I feel like I've got a good foundation and it is quite template, uh, but we'll discuss that in a minute. All right, what's your problem, Rich? What you got? What's your beef? I can't believe... I ha- Honestly, I hadn't looked at your team until just then, and you've been saying about unflexible teams, and you've got Bailey, Martinelli and Neto starting. Yeah, Martinelli can move up to the 8 million... You've- uh, and you, when I move Cancelo down to Walker, if I want to, you, you also spend that's two moves. That's two moves, mate. You've also got the obviously one of the most expensive keeper in the game, and then a five million defender on the bench. So you spend a million more than you need to. He could also go down to a four point five, and then release that million. So he's kind of a little cash cow for me to. to no, you can't. Got, you can't tell <laughs> He could do. <laughs> you, yeah, but you you might see. Oh, okay. There's, there's got like two four point fives. <laughs> <laughs> two 4.5 keepers make- that you want and then you'll be like right I'll jump on him whilst I know he's going up in price and he looks good there's that potential we're playing a pretty much 8 game week game in the, in the start area and we can't start using transfers on the goalkeeper why not that's that's why why not you you trust your other players why not use that as a position to, to move things around maybe all these other players I feel like there's there's a solid, solid foundation of the players that you all know TAA Robertson Cancelo no. James Salah Holland and yeah, Jesus. I, I love everything. Then you can just change around the other players. Why not? The team is team is great. It, it's not that. It's just uh, you saying that you're going to sell Ederson to free, free up funds. That doesn't resonate good with me. You, well, what if things Gr- Grealish hit it Pe- off? People get people people get yeah people get injured. Stuff happens. You you can take care of those with your free transfer but you cannot move Ederson down that makes I don't think you have the luxury to sit there and say I don't have any moves to do let's sell Ederson I think I maybe ha- had uh, Trippier above Sidenchenko and yeah, just played the first game yeah. Yeah. yeah like Stefan said I mean it is a good team but it's just obviously you picked holes in our in our structures and well. I can see more flaws in yours than. The, <laughs> but also I mean I just don't like going for Ederson as an as an option because I want to just keep as much money in my first team as possible. Well, yeah, the same for me. I, I'm just afraid to get stuck and, and somewhere down the line I'm sat there, oh god, I need that million and then it's mm-hmm. in my keeper. That's that's very awkward to, to get yeah. rid of. Yeah. It's and just that I can someone... see clean sheets from this first six at least. Like, there's at least three clean sheets in there, isn't there? But he's not going to score a goal or anything. I know it sounds, I know it sounds really oh, obvious. Oh, he, but... he might score a goal. <laughs> he's on penalties. <laughs> he's on penalties, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they listed that three years ago. They still could be on penalties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll settle for my two two save Sanchez. Uh, I, I like him. <laughs> I mean, I still like Sanchez as well. Well, the four point five keepers, I, I think he's the best. You've gone Meslier at the moment, Rich. What's your um, basis on him? It was purely fixtures. I don't want to spend more than four point five. Mm. I like Leeds. Leeds have a pretty good run. Like Stefan mentioned, if we were going to go for eight weeks, he's got decent enough fixtures over those eight weeks. Obviously, the last two seasons we've seen two different versions of him. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just like it. Goalkeepers, there's a lot of luck. And I feel like someone like Meslier, he could put up a double digit at some point. Yeah. Because I don't really know. I don't think there's a really obvious way to analyse goalkeepers until we've seen a few games. And even then, it's lucky. I mean, look at Ramsdale last season. He started as like, you know, the the best goalkeeper and then completely dropped off. There's, there's a lot of luck with keepers. So yeah. I'd rather just spend less and hope to get lucky and just point. go with the decent enough fixtures. They can't be as bad, you know, under Bielsa, they were obviously very open. Hopefully they're not quite as open now. Mm, yeah. I, I, agree, I agree with all of that and kind of 
does make me want to think, well, maybe maybe I can move off Edison. But the, I just see those fictions. I, I see points available. And do you just want to take them? Like Because you feel like they, they have to get clean sheets. West Ham, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, Aston Villa. There are definite free clean sheets there, surely. You, so. could, you could, do instead of Zinchenko, you could have Diaz. Uh, not Diaz, sorry. You could have like Ake. Or, or your old mate Walker, or, <laughs> old mate, but, and then yeah, you could downgrade true. Edison and have yeah. you know an extra million an extra to spend. Million. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And then um, you'd be back five, like me and Stefan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> let's let's quickly talk about the you, you mentioned Trippier. Why would you want him, Stefan? Uh, I think uh, Sinchenko doesn't just. I'm not sure. Tini, he was out last game as well. I think, but uh, yeah. I owned Tini for a while last season and. I don't really see Arsenal fullbacks pressing up that much. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe something I didn't catch, but they, they seem a bit more defensive. And uh, hence, I, I'd rather have Trippier, who's on all the set pieces. And uh, as far as I know, he, Andreas, keeps playing in the number 10 for Fulham, and he has decent fixtures when you need to bench Trippier in, when they face City and Liverpool. So, so maybe Trippier is better. Yeah, but I, for, for for me, I, I, I found Perisic to be even better at this point. <clears throat> I, I I agree with that. The I mean, he reported he said he wanted to get forward more as well. Trippier got two assists, and I think Newcastle's one of his preseason games. Zinchenko, though, just as a, I don't think I'm going to go him. Um, I kind of had him in there as like a little placeholder because I like Arsenal's fixtures. He's a midfielder converted to a left back. You know, he used to be a number ten when he was younger. Most of Zinchenko's touches last season, he likes to. to drift inside and you are right with Arsenal we don't tend to go down the left side as much even with Tierney in there we tend to have chopping and changing around our front three as well so the, I don't know if Zinchenko can get down that left side more with with that going on so yeah I think I agree with that the thing is for Ukraine he plays central midfield doesn't he left back for most of last season he did actually have the best creative stats of any left-back, including Robertson and Cancelo last season. His open play expected assists per 90 in the Prem was 0.22, although he only got four assists. Obviously, he didn't play that many games as uh, Robertson and Cancelo, but his per 90 expected assists were better. And if White or Tomiyasu playing right-back, Zinchenko should get forward probably a little bit more than them. So that's my argument for him, but I, I think I agree with you on the on the Trippier thing. And if I was to go that five million on the bench, I think I might switch it to, to Trippier. I find it quite interesting what Stefan said about um so he's got Perisic and obviously he can bring Bailey in for, for game week two as yeah. a, you know, like a rotation. I could see obviously with some like Trippier, Newcastle, you don't want to be playing him in game week three when they've got Man City or game week five when mm. they're at Anfield. But the rest of the fixtures, you know, they're, they're pretty good, to be honest. Could see a few clean sheets there. You know, Forest, Brighton, Wolves, um, Palace. Yeah. It goes on quite so, well. They've got Bournemouth, Fulham, Brentford. Yeah, I could see a few clean sheets there. So, yeah, if, if there's some kind of... There must be some kind of rotation where, you know, you can eliminate game week three and five. Yeah, and, I, I mean, Pereira could fill yeah, in. Yeah, Pereira can play those three. two against Brentford. Oh, yeah, both of them, actually, yeah. Well, that would be quite nice, actually. They did score two goals towards the end of... Last season, didn't he? As well, 
He's, a, he's yeah, quite a fun pick. Mm. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Right. Anything else to say on my team? Just want to say on my team as well. I have tried to pick out those value players. Like, you go with the tried and tested players that look the most reliable, most consistent players, and then around that, I'm looking for value, like in terms of Bailey, Neto, Martinelli, you know, even Zinchenko or, or Trippier. They're kind of the players which I can see going up. Like, we look at some more value players who I did kind of look at, and I can see increasing at the start of the season. Like, if Schmeichel leaves, then Leicester, then Ward will be that four million goalkeeper to go for, and he'll maybe he'll go maybe. up in value. I uh, think Schmeichel won't leave unless they sign a replacement. Yeah. That's what I heard anyway. Um, then we move on to defence. Perisic, if he gets the game time, yeah, I can definitely see him increasing price. Same as Doherty, really. Like, look how did how well we did towards the end of last season. You could even bring him up in yeah. that five million uh, bracket argument. Trippier at five mils, Zinchenko, I can also see him going up if he gets the game time. Kukurela gets his move to City, probably can increase in prices. That's five million at the moment. There's a few 4.5 defenders that may be underpriced. You know, the Leicester defenders, there's quite a few of them in terms of Justin, Pereira, and Castagna. Whoever gets the most minutes there will probably go up in price. Dunk and Lamptey for Brighton, those are the 4.5s which. You can see increasing dunk. You know, he, he always gets a few goals a season. Dallow at Man United. I know a lot have gone for him. He will probably increase in price if he gets the game time. Johnny and Aiton Nori, is that his name? At Aiton Wolves? Nori. Yeah, Aiton Nori. Um, and then you've got Nico Williams and Patterson at four million. You see Patterson probably starting at that right back slot for Everton because uh, Coleman's out and he's probably there to take his position. Any other defenders which you can see increasing, guys? It's Not. weird because I, I don't try to think about it too much with the price rises and price falls. Yeah. I mean, maybe more with the bench options. But I'm, I, cause it's I, more I value I'm though, isn't it? Like, you're looking for there, there is, value yeah. but I'm, I, I guess I'm quite biased because it's my own team. I mm. see all my players increasing. And actually looking, <laughs> up, look at, look, looking at all of our squads, I don't see any picks and I think, why, why have you got them? Like, even in Edison, I can understand. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if any of them went up in price. They're all quite popular, good picks. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose that moves yeah. us on to Ederson, Ederson are so far in the optimal teams uh, when mm. they use the solvers. So let's let's see uh, FPL review data tomorrow when this is out. The data should be out. And let's see if it's still in there. But I think Ederson is a fine choice. Except it makes you maybe a bit less flexible. And that's why I don't like to have the extra money in, in goal. Yeah. Uh, the other players which I think probably value, any of the 8 million mids, just don't know which one they could possibly be value. I had Grealish in my team for quite a while at seven million. You know, starting for City, I do think he will get the game time. Hundred million pound player, gonna play some minutes, and it's just that he didn't look too good in the Charity Shield. <clears throat> Rashford, six point five. He's probably a value player. Martinelli, six million. Neto, as I said, five point five. I think Gordon at Everton at five point five again will probably be valued throughout the season. Bailey at five. Obviously, Pereira, the most popular, four point five. Then the forwards the probably value picks are, are Darwin at nine if he I, I can see him getting a lot of chances in that Liverpool team great record in the Portuguese league it's just that you don't know when his game time to start with or or even throughout when he's getting regular minutes he'll probably be a go-to Jesus again eight million that's too cheap for him Mitrovic when Fulham's fixtures improve I think Marshall at United will be a valid pick and maybe Brozier when he gets his move. Those are picks which people maybe look to to get a bit of value so they can put money elsewhere. Like Those are the kind of picks which I think I've kind of thought about. Anything else you guys want to say on all of them? I was just thinking one very minor thing, that mm. any Man United player who does well will 
saw in price. Yeah. It, it seems yeah, to be a thing. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Man United fan base, isn't it? And then Washington. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, watching United uh, this weekend against Atletico Madrid, I'm, I'm not sure it will happen. The preseason hype of beating uh, Liverpool and Palace suddenly came to an end. Then United had 10, 15 good minutes, and then it just looked the same old. They, they pretty much went out of steam in the second half versus uh, Atletico Madrid team that's uh, maybe two weeks behind them in the preseason. It's uh, it's worrisome for Ten Hag, I think oh, already. Um, I, I was looking at Rashford, but now I'm dropping all United players. Uh, Dalo was very poor defensively on the Atletico goal as well. So you heard it here so first. I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to avoid the bandwagon there. Even if Rashford scores the first game, I'm sitting tight. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm going to be slow. I, w- I want to see they've actually changed in the season. And even yeah. then, it's going to be more than, like you say, one game. Yeah. For, for me to as change of, my mind. As of, as of now, it's pretty much the same players. Uh, Eriksen came on and he was pretty very good. Uh, other than that, it's the same players so far, uh, except of Malasia and uh, and they had this. Uh, what's the central defender called again? Uh, no, the one they bought. Oh, Martinez. Oh, Martinez. Martinez, yeah, yeah. So they have some additions, but other than that, there's the same guys who pretty much uh, were horrible for last season. So I'm, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure Ten Hag will do wonders when all the other managers have failed. I think it's the players more than anything. So hmm. I'll have a wait and see. And uh, other than that as well, you, you mentioned some City City players. And I think the City midfield is just a big avoid. So I do like your setup of using Ederson, Cancelo and Holland. Pick two defenders and Holland and just stay away from the midfield. I think it's a, it's a minefield. Yep. Cool. Well, we've been going 46 minutes already. I'm going to go for a piss. It's the Iceman's Prospect. So we will be right back with Mikael Topvam's algorithm team. Welcome back from the Iceman's Piss Break. As I mentioned before, we're going to go through Mikael Topvam's algorithm team. Mikael has kindly provided me with his algorithm and the optimal best team to start with game week one. And if you want to check out Mikael, it's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithms. Now, I'll just quickly tell you what transfer algorithm is. The transfer algorithm is an ongoing project assessing optimal players to hold in the Premier League. The algorithm has a tremendous track record for practical play with i.e. World Hall of Fame number one Fabio Borges being the user all the way since the start of seven seasons ago. So he's been using it for a long time and he's he's got an awesome record, Fabio Borges. The transfer algorithm team, this is currently the top team to hold at the start of the season according to the algorithm, leaving 0.5 in the bank to not get forced into any price early price changes. So he's got Ramsdale in goal, he's got James Trent, Diaz and Robertson at the back, so no Cancelo there. 
Neto, Salah and Trossard in midfield. Up top, he's got Jesus, Mitrovic and Holland, And on the bench, he's got Gazaniga, Nico Williams, Colback and Andreas Pereira. And he was listing here the team structure. The algorithm identifies the most value in placing money in defence. What's unnormal this season, though, is that there aren't too many great midfielders, hence the algorithm favour these three strikers. This hasn't been the case for years. Other than that, the algorithm clearly does not fancy a freemium approach, as its sacrifices evaluated as too high. The two clear captaincy options are Salah and Haaland to go with, and he, he does list here the odd pick. I suspect the algorithm selection of Trossard is the oddest pick compared with the templates the algorithm deepest understanding of the game was perhaps exposed in the final friendly though with Trossard picking up a hat-trick against Espanyol that said he also ended the season in blistering form after an away match against United Brighton's fixtures look quite nice for the long run he also turned out to be um, Brighton's highest goal scorer as well and I know you two disagree with Trossard is that right? (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, I think Mikkel would disagree with himself. Uh, I, I can see he has put Trossard on 77 minutes and Martinelli at 61. And if he just turned Martinelli up to 70 and Trossard a bit down, I think 77 seems a bit high for Trossard given how Potter likes to rotate. I think uh, Martinelli would get the uh, edge and uh, be in above Trossard. Yeah. I disagree with the minutes and hence uh, why I think Martinelli should be in over Trossard. Yeah, I, I also agree with that. He does say, Mikel, that he will be going with that team, but anything could change within the next five days, he told me. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, if you want to find out more and what team he does go with, it's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. Okay, we're going to go back to the headlines then. So going template at the start and avoiding risk. So I feel like going template and going for the players that you believe will score the most points is mutually exclusive. Like, let's look at the template players. And this is going from Twitter and the overall percentage overall. So the template players, it was Mendy. And I think it's Raya in goal. Now it's kind of changed quite a lot. It could be Sanchez now. I'm not actually sure what it is. But currently it is Raya. At the back, it's TAA, Cancelo, James, Perisic, Robertson, Nico Williams, Tomiasso, Trippier. They're they're kind of the defenders people are going for. In midfield, it's Salah, Diaz, Son, Pereira, Neto, Coutinho's in there. Bruno Gomez is in there as well. Saka and Martinelli. And up top is Holland, Jesus, Greenwood and Kane. So a lot of good players that will score points. I think I've got about 12 of those in my current draft. But there are faults with those which few active managers would recognise. What do you think about going template at the start, Stefan, and avoiding risk? I think Templist is fine, but I don't care about the overall uh, selection. I think uh, template uh, from the people who are uh, into the game and spend a lot of time on the game, I think uh, it's fine. When so many people use so much time to find the, the, the correct or the right picks, I'm not surprised that we end up with the, the same picks. And uh, so that's just how it is. Yeah, it's, it's what I said on the last pod, which didn't get released, is that the template is there for a reason. There's a lot more active managers nowadays, there's a lot more uh, managers that kind of know about all the ins and outs of what's going on, like Neko Williams, like transfers, and Perisic, and how good he is, and you know all, all these new things instantly in the media, and everyone knows about it. There's so many media outlets as well that everyone can easily get hold of, so the template is there for a reason. Like last season, it did well, the template. 
so it's no surprise that it is good. What, what do you reckon, Rich? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because on the last one we did last week, the unrecorded pod, I was saying I was trying to avoid EO completely. I've realised it's impossible. Like, you know, if I want to check anything on Twitter, if I listen to a podcast, I'm going to find out EO. So maybe ignoring it completely is not the way to go. But I'd much, I'd trust, yeah, like Stefan said, people I know um, that are into the game, I'll trust them more than, you know, generalised EO across the whole game. And the same for things like Mikhail's algorithm, you know, FPL review. I trust those a lot more than just ownership on its own. Yeah. But I guess you can combine it because I remember a few seasons ago, I, you know, Trent and Robertson, they were quite close at times. You know, it seemed like a true 50-50. And I'd always go for the one who was lower owned because I thought that would boost my rank better. But I think that was bad a bad mindset. I think a lot of people go the opposite and try and go as template as possible. Um, but there's very few decisions that are really like exactly 50-50. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try and ignore it, but I'll be aware of it. <laughs> I care about getting the players I want, and uh, mm. then if the, if if everyone else has them, so be it. And I'm not gonna my players, even though everyone else has them. Something that being like said, the goal, the goal. I don't think there's a template for goalkeepers. Goalkeepers, I've mm. seen pretty much anything. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's kind of changing now, isn't it? The goalkeepers. There's a lot in the outs of uh, Raya or Raya, or however you say it. There. And then there's, there was Mendy, you know, Sanchez, and Meslier. Could be any of them, but they've priced them well, haven't they? The, the keepers. That's, that's been a lot of talk well, yeah. about that. Yep. So, so, yep. Just on an- another point, um, something I noticed when I had my bad season a couple of years ago, I was going you know, for lots of differentials. I remember tripling up on Arsenal when nobody had Arsenal players. And I guess the downside of being too different. Obviously, p- players can score points and you get left behind. But also, I noticed if something happens, like a, a template player gets injured, it's a problem everyone's got to fix. Yeah. But when I had like three differential Arsenal players, and I think Abamian got malaria, Saka and Tierney got injured, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was having to do a minus 12 when no one else was having to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with yeah. that. It's also the fact of you can just make your, your edge above the template with just those other little picks like Bailey and, well, he's a, he's a template player as well. But there, there are certain different players like Grealish, maybe. Like I'm not going in now, but he was in my team. He was a bit of a differential player or Trossard, as Mikel reckons. So there are there are different players you can go for. And you've got Mitrovic, not a lot. I've got him to start with. So He's quite um, highly owned overall, actually. I think he... I, can't I thought really you said you, didn't look, you <laughs> said you didn't look at the... Yeah, well, news. since it's the last episode, I've such become very liar. aware. <laughs> no, oh, I mentioned right. it to someone and they said that's quite like a template pick, as in... Seven point four percent owned. No, nah, it's not. Okay, owned. I see. I, I'd been told twenty. So sometimes people well, lie about know. EO as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, e- either yeah. he scores and wipe, wipes the double triple clean sheet, or he he doesn't score and he he drops in price yeah. in a, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! But then he does have two really nice fixtures. Like game. Well, no. I say really nice. Yeah, really. Like nice. not doesn't... as bad as Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I have noticed that none of us are on Kane. We were on Kane at one point. It's, the key is with Kane is that, well, you wasn't, but he is going to play probably 90 minutes the most. He's, he did get the highest non-penalty XG last season, beating Salah. He just underperformed a little bit, but yeah, he still finished on 192 points, which is the highest for all strikers. He dropped by a million since last season. It's just that Holland. Yeah, he just looks so good good doesn't he like he just gets so many goals yeah it's game week two yeah when the uh, spurs have chelsea away and uh, city have bournemouth at home yeah the the thing with going 
with Kane earlier was that Holland hasn't hadn't played much, but now he started the Community Shield and played 90. Yeah. No reason not to get him. Uh, in game week two, he can be the captain. He can score four goals against Bournemouth, and Kane will will most likely blank against Chelsea. Uh, at least he's blanked a bunch historically. I think it's it's a tough game away to Chelsea, anyways. So I think that. Uh, that pain, I, I don't want that pain going going without uh, hard on in the game too. Yeah, let's quickly talk about the one, two, or three premiums. There's a few people you know, going around that. I think Josh was on all of those numbers at one point, but I think there is too much to rely on the the three premiums for me. That's why it's optimal going two. Then you've got those two captaincy choices always. And we discussed last week with Josh about how he had Salah and that if he had Salah and Kane, that you'd probably still be going uh, Salah for the captaincies mostly. And he was just going to keep it on him either way. So why have that Kane player in there where the value isn't really there? So he had a a few um, 8 million players. Whereas having two premiums like you've always got someone to kind of rely on like you you may go for like a, a different player every so often but at the moment other than game week two i think my captaincy is mostly on salah what, what do you think rich going to you for the one two or three premiums yeah i mean obviously mikhail was actually crunched like the numbers and he said that three is not a good idea and um, i mean i agree with that i mean i've tried i had a very brief look at trying to squeeze three in but the rest of my team looked awful and I fell for that trap last year. Like I had Ronaldo, Lukaku and Salah. Yeah. And it was really relying on those players to basically to carry my team. I mean, if you if you went for three premiums, you squeeze Kane in and Kane blanks. I mean, it's pretty devastating because the rest of your players are going to be, you know, your Dallows and Dunks and you know play, players like that. Ironically, you were talking about flexibility a lot and it probably is the more flexible way. However, I always find it really hard to sell a player like Kane. You know, in, in, it's, you know, you don't want to sell these premium players, or I don't. I end up getting stuck with them. So I'd rather, I'd rather spread my money out, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you could even get Son versus Kane. Is I mean, I'd go for Kane, but I mean, we saw at the end of last season you could go for Kane and still, you know, <laughs> you know, Son could get all the points. Mm. Yeah, true. Stefan. So, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I, I, I have considered just one premium. But there's not enough of those eight million midfielders that I actually feel that confident about to go without Holland. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's let's see on wildcard. But for now, two is uh, is the way to go. I think three is too much. You can you can maybe do it when there's a bunch of 5.0 and 5.5 midfielders who delivers Mitrovic delivers later, and maybe you can squeeze squeeze three in, but not from the start. And one is uh, I, I still think you need to have Holland for the game week two if he banks a hat-trick or four goals or something there, you pretty much want to be, be in on it. Because you would have to go without, because the player you convinced me on, Stefan, um, was Jesus. I didn't have him in a lot of my early drafts, and you kept mentioning it. And then I, I did look into it a bit more, and I, I started to realise it's a, it probably is a mistake, me not going with him. And I think if you go for a premium, you couldn't have him, for example. So that's quite a big downside. Yeah, Jesus has been on fire uh, pre-season as well. He's fit straight into that Arsenal team. I've looked at a lot of analysis videos of the Arsenal team and how there's a good one on, I think it was 
Kaifo or something, they showed how interchangeable Martinelli, Saka and Jesus were and how it works and with Odegaard in there, uh, who's the creator, and Xhaka even moving forward. It kind of just works as a system. And as you mentioned, uh, Stefan, a bit more defensively for the back four. That's where it works. He, he listed uh, Jesus a while ago that he'll be there 90 minutes per game in the box trying to score, trying to help, not only with goals, also with assists, covering the ball, running in my style, never stop, helping my team, helping my teammates. Yeah, that's me. And he's got about seven goals pre-season with an assist. So, yeah, he looks active, he looks lively around the box. Very impressive him so far. And his attitude is literally top draw. I think he's going to be in a lot of teams. He's just too cheap. The point Stefan make, made about waiting for wild card, as in we're no more at wild card, is, I think penalties could change a lot for all of this. Because if, obviously, Hayes is on penalties, he's well, probably borderline, you're going to want him in your team for a long time. Oh, well, Saka if goes down, not, he yeah, takes the penalty. I don't think it is. Yeah. No, Saka will take... I, took the penalty I don't think it's a given with penalty. Arsenal. I don't think it's, it's Saka is on penalties, that's it. I think if Martinelli went down, then maybe he would take the penalty. I think it is a bit interchangeable, and I think Arteta actually leaves it up to the players to decide. It's just like, and even Haaland, like, I'm pretty confident he will be on penalties, but there was that quote from Mares saying, you know, he's not greedy, but he's still on penalties. I just like knowing like 100% that this player's on penalties. And that's why I think I always gravitate towards players like Puki and Mitrovic because you've got, you know, 90 minutes and penalties. I remember having Mitrovic on the penalties two years ago. Mm. It didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not mentioned that. Yeah. He's, he's changed. He's a change man now. He's, he's got the record last season in the championship for the most goals now. He's going to start the season with a flyer, isn't he, Rich? That's why we've got he's- he scored four in pre-season. Um, I know one of the teams was pretty poor. I'd never heard of them before. Um, but, but still, but still. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. Maybe I'm trying to shoehorn him in too much, but it's just ticking both of those boxes. Or all, all three, you know, Talisman, 90 minutes and pens. But, yeah. So I've gone off on a real tangent here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's move on to how the World Cup will affect the start. Now, you listed on the last pod, Rich, that you don't think it's any different a lot of people saying oh we're going to wild card early we're going to wild card early well when don't we wild card early is the the big question there which she said and also it'll be what is it game week 16 that um we get the unlimited transfers you also mentioned it's unlimited transfers that you could also bench boost directly after whereas if it was a wild card you wouldn't be able to bench yeah. boost directly. i wasn't after. saying to do that though i was just, <laughs> I just you are just, saying just, to do that and you want I'm to bench <laughs> boost game week one yeah okay we've got that just making the point it's different to a wild card in yeah. a very you know, small way but yeah <laughs> so how does the world cup affect the start so players will want to play at the world cup you know there'll be players on the fringes that will maybe look more appealing but that's you know any given world cup year then that's going to be the case remember that salah is not going to the world cup so he'll get the rest i'll just quickly list when the world cup starts so saturday the 12th of november is the final round of premier league games for the world cup following this and then monday the 21st of november is when the actual world cup starts and it finishes the 18th of december and then on the 26th of december which is boxing day the premier league uh, resumes that's how it's going to work. Stefan, do you think it's going to affect the season massively? Uh, the season, yes, but from the start, no. Uh, the the thing about wildcard is uh, if you didn't play the wildcard by game week 10 in a normal season, you didn't really bother. You thought, oh, great, I can save it for later and maybe use it come Christmas and for the rotation or anything. But this season, it's different because if you if you stuck with the wildcard in game week 14, you probably did something wrong. You need to be... Uh, 
you need to be a bit more aggressive and you can't pretty much delay it. You have to play it earlier uh, just because you you don't want to get stuck and get only three, four gamings out of your wildcard. So you can you can accept a lower value uh, from your wildcard when you play it this season, I think. So gaming eight-ish. Six to eight, six to nine. Yeah, six like is when it's, uh, there's quite a lot of fixture changes, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, Champions League starts, and uh, uh, after eight, there's an international break. Yeah, if I remember correctly. So let's let's go to the question of when you'll use your first wildcard. When are you predicting that? Are you predicting that to be eight or nine or or six? Nine, eight, nine, eight, nine. Something Rich, about. Rich, what do you yeah. think? Um, I mean, first of all, I agree with what Stefan said. I don't think it changes like our game week one team at all it hasn't changed mine because i think last season i used it in game week nine anyway and i felt like that was quite late so people tend to use wild cards quite early yeah um i can't remember what you actually asked me though i just went off on a tangent oh uh, when i use when, mine when will you use it when are you planning on using it or are you just as, as and when so probably quite early like if i go with the team i'm going for maybe one of the international weeks so game week eight at the very very latest there is another thing i was considering i didn't want to go too much off on, on a tangent with it but 11ify on twitter so at 11ify he's mentioned a strategy of basically bench boosting game week one and then wild card in game week two i don't hate it although i know from speaking to stefan earlier <laughs> he doesn't love it um but yeah so there is there, i think there will be a few options like that maybe people could consider but yeah i'm kind of 50 50 on it at the moment <laughs> Just doesn't make any sense to wildcard straight after. Uh, I would more agree with it if you play the bench boost game week one and then have some sort of genius rotation for the first five six game weeks because uh, the the transfer window isn't closed. Uh, Champions League haven't started. You pretty much have no info on anyone uh, come game week two, and there's hasn't been an international break. So good luck nailing that for the next uh, 7, 16 game weeks in yeah. game week 2 I fully no, there, agree with Stefan there's definitely risk, I mean there, there was one thing I thought of though, so obviously during the World Cup we get these unlimited transfers and I guess the point of it was to get rid of the bench boost because what I'm thinking is we're going to use these unlimited transfers but if certain players go far in the World Cup in particular English players we're then going to have a weird situation where players might not play a game or two <laughs> Over that Christmas well, well, period. Well, so our, our wild card might be a little bit strange. I mean, I know Salah and Holland aren't going to World Cup, but, but still, well, I why feel would like... you? You're not supposed to bench boost uh, in on Boxing Day. Oh, you're bench no, boosting not... game game week 37 or 36 or whenever, and then you play the wild card ahead of it. Yeah, no. So, so my point was though that maybe we have a weird squad over Christmas after the free transfers, and it might be beneficial to wild card early, like you know, in the new year, because maybe our teams yeah. are bit strange i mean it's just something i thought of because we'd have to go so we get that's, a lot of that's chips an, at another podcast that is. <laughs> yeah no, that's why i didn't want to go too much into it but i just we're gonna have a lot of chips at the start and then we're gonna have this gap after christmas where we haven't got a wild card until you know the double game weeks come around it's, it's a long time so i mean maybe just have to do a few hits here and there but yeah. save it until the end save everything until the end and have a nice time. I just hate the chip. <laughs> I just want it gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think game week six is looking like a quite a good time to wildcard. And the reasons is because you know, the likes of Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, they've all got good starts to the season. Not 
as good from game week six. And then the likes of Bournemouth, Aston Villa, Brentford, Palace, Newcastle, all teams which you probably won't have many, even Nottingham Forest and, and Leeds. Actually, Leeds have good fixtures up to game week 13, kind of. Yeah, and Leicester as well. Yeah, th- those are teams which you might not have many players in. So maybe that's a, a good time to wild card. But it's when you need it. You know, you just adjust accordingly. I'm sure there'll be a lot of chat as the season goes on. You try and play your team for the first five game weeks at least you, you try and go as long as possible but yeah remember you do have transfers okay let's move on to what is the next thing it's 50 50s isn't it so i was just going to go over 50 50 decisions that you have currently and who you choose so we'll just go quickly through the players versus who and then who you would go for i'll go to you first rich then you second stefan and then We'll just go quickly through these and hopefully it might help some people in their decisions. Uh, first one is Martinelli versus Rashford, Rich. Martinelli. Stefan. Martinelli. Yeah, I'll go the same. And then it is Martinelli versus Saka. I mean, Saka, if you can afford the two million. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the same for me. I have Martinelli, but I'd like to have Saka. Yeah. Okay. Just can't afford it. Yeah, fair. I think same. Right, James versus Chilwell. James. James. Yeah, James. And then Kane versus Holland. We all know the answers to this. Holland. Same for me. Uh, Foden versus Mahrez. Here you go. Foden. Foden. I think I'll go Mahrez. Just being different there. I think <laughs> yeah, but he did, he did start in the uh, last game, but Foden did look really good as he as he came on. and He almost scored. Maybe it should be Foden. Problem is, is a bit like Stefan said, you know, those sitting midfielders are difficult to go for. Um, right. But Foden will get more minutes, though. But I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. I think so, too. Uh, Luis Diaz versus Mount. Diaz. Yes, as well. Diaz. I think I'd go Diaz as well. Neto versus Bailey. Neto. Neto. Yeah, same. Robertson versus Cancelo. Oh, God. Uh, Cancelo, because I can just go for a different Liverpool player. <laughs> yeah. Ro- Robertson. I'd go Cancelo as well. Mendy versus Ramsdale. Ramsdale. Um, Mendy. No, Ramsdale. Sorry. The bonus. <laughs> oh, you reckon? The thing is with with Mendy, didn't like he get affected by Afcon quite a bit, and he didn't get as many minutes because of that. You made and a howler the other day. I only saw like a ten second clip, but. Yeah. <laughs> So five million just seems like a bargain at Chelsea, but the, you know, their defence might not be together yet and working well. Anyway, uh, Sanchez versus Meslier. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got Meslier, and I know who Stefan's got. <laughs> Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, I'm Sanchez. So Trippier versus Cash. Trippier. Trippier. Yeah, same. And Luca Dean versus Cash. Uh, Dean. Yeah, I'll go Dean. I'll go cash just for the fun of it. I think I think I'm on Dean. Uh, okay, gonna list my batterings hall of shame, which I kind of put together, and now I think, well, is there any point? But it is. I think feel like it's quite interesting for listeners to hear. So, definition of a battering is when the team scores three or more goals past an opposition defence, and how many batterings that defence have got. So, like in a three-three draw or a four-three loss, both teams will have dished out a battering. So, 
Top of that list is Leeds on 13 batterings and they had 79 goals scored against them last season. Second is Everton on 12 batterings. They had 66 goals scored against them last season. Uh, third is Newcastle, 10 batterings. Fourth, fifth is Aston Villa and Southampton. Sixth and seventh is Crystal Palace and Man United. Eighth, ninth is Spurs and Brentford and you kind of know the others as I go down just going for the promoted teams uh, Bournemouth actually had no batterings last season so no one scored three goals against them at all last season they only conceded 39 goals last season and that was the the least in the championship second and third was obviously Fulham and Nottingham Forest and they only had one battering each and they conceded 43 goals and 40 goals respectively so it kind of listing those, you, you kind of see that Leeds, maybe they, they should be a team that to target, but they've had a lot of changes going on. Again, with Everton, kind of the same thing. Newcastle got better towards the end of last season. Draw of that what, what you will. It's just kind of a, a thought of just a list of what we know. Any thoughts on that, guys? Or do you want me to move on? I mean, Newcastle are the one that stand out. You know, you'd imagine they're going to improve a lot. I mean, they did improve at the end of the season. Yeah. I'd imagine that's an outlier. I'd also be interested to see, I know Fulham had, they got battered once, but they gave a lot of batterings to other teams, you know, scoring six or seven goals. Yeah, so. yeah you would say that with Mitrovic and the team. Um, well, yeah, I, so I witnessed I Reading. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why we have Neto in our squads, because we're aiming for leads. Yeah, and they've also got pretty good fixtures. I do think Johnny is kind of being overlooked a little bit he, he's not very well owned and they've got some good fixtures at 4.5 problem is there's that big at the back anyway let, let's move on i was going to quickly talk about strategies but i think you've kind of listed it there what any, anything that you need to say on strategies um stefan in terms of what you're planning for the season yeah, no really not really i'm just trying to start out slow and uh, take it easy not get too excited when the, someone scores and trying to get them in just to get them in yeah, I think I believe it... in my players, and the back line should stay pretty much the same, except if James is moved to centre back or Perisic is just dropped or something. And I try to spend my free transfers on the cheaper midfield spots and jump on the ones who works because there's a lot of uh, midfielders who could get uh, be really good value this season. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to move it on then. So we, we've done some season predictions. So it'll be interesting to see these come true at the end of the season. So highest scoring forward and differential forward. I've gone for Kane and Darwin. Uh, Rich? Um, Kane and Mitrovic for me. Yeah, Stefan? Kane and Mitrovic as well. Big copy. So Josh has gone for Kane and Wilson. Highest scoring midfielder and differential midfielder. So I've gone for the obvious Salah. And my differential one would be Bruno. I don't know if mine should count because it's expensive players, but I've gone Salah and Sterling. <laughs> well, I'm going to be cheaper with Salah and Bowen. But no one owns Bowen now because it's, yeah, it's yeah. a bit more expensive. <laughs> yeah. And Josh uh, has gone for Son and Madison. Uh, high scoring defender and differential defender. I've gone for TA and Trippier. Even though Trippier's not really a differential now, <laughs> maybe I should reconsider that. No, he's not the differential <laughs> yeah. at all. <laughs> uh, and we did these predictions a week ago, and I've got Trent and Doherty, but after the comments, I think it was yesterday, I'll probably go Trent and Trippier after yeah. this episode. Why? <laughs> it seems like Doherty is the first choice at this point. There was just some comments. I think it was the comments stick. you mentioned. He said he's some, some way off Doherty. or yeah, Stick with Doherty. It's okay. just uh, lost in translation. He... I think he's going to play Perisic Doherty as his first choices. 
the 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 guy they brought in Jed Spence he's not uh, he's not going to play much at all he was bought because the club wanted it and not Conte Conte likes them over 30 <laughs> so he's way too young see you need to be Perisic is at the right age yeah see I, I mean if they were both if I knew they were definitely nailed I'd have them both in my team Doherty and Perisic yeah. right, I'll stick I'll stick with Doherty and who are yours too Stefan I, I had uh, Trent, and uh, my differential was uh, Dunk because yep. he's uh, owned by no one. He's going to have a comeback season this season. Yeah, I did have him in one of my teams at some point. So uh, cheap. <laughs> Josh had Cancelo and Trippier, and keepers I have Loris and Meslier, which I think I'll stick to. Sorry. Uh, yeah, which... I put Allison and Johnston. Now Johnston's a bit risky because mm. obviously they've still got Gaita. I think Butland's still there. Um, Remy Matthews played in a friendly the other day. Uh, yeah, it's too I'm late. Gonna, I'm going to stick with it. If he gets that number one shirt, I think he, it'd be amazing value. Yeah. And Stefan? Uh, I had Allison and my differential was Pickford. And I think uh, he's, he's a differential. I don't think Josh's uh, suggestion is a differential with De Gea. I think he's <laughs> way too good. <laughs> yeah, but he is like, not many people own him. So Josh has Allison uh, and De Gea. it's that as his yep. two so yeah I agree with that okay so we'll move on to questions now we've answered a lot during this podcast so we're not going to ask all your questions so apologies if, if we miss it but we're just going to ask some of the slack ones so Alan has said can either of you make a convincing case for no Salah Stefan go no right, I can't that was a good he's answer. in should be in um, yeah, Rich? I can't either. It's that game week two fixture. You got Chelsea Spurs, so I think that makes it. I I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm not going to bother trying. Uh, so Emma asked a question as well. So she puts, uh, "Who are the players who will help dis- distinguish your teams from the crowd, and why did they catch your eye?" Stefan, who have you got that's non-template? <laughs> I'm not sure I have any. Mm. I think uh, pretty much anyone is there. But I guess the, the risky one is... Uh, I considered Rashford until I saw United versus Atletico. Then he was out. Um, I think uh, I think the, the risky one is Perisic, but he's the highest owned. So I guess the risk is uh, he, he's highly owned and he'll drop in price and be a train wreck. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't really care about distinguishing myself from others in game week one. You know, I, I'll... Uh, Make good decisions over all the game mix and hope to be, hope to be better off in the end. Yeah, good answer, Rich. Yeah, I don't really have. One. I mean, I guess Mitrovic, but that's purely because of fixtures. I mean, obviously, if he had good fixtures, everyone would own him. So, yeah, yeah. yeah not not really. I mean, I have Meslier yep. since the start. Uh, that's a goalkeeper, so it's, it's not. And it seems to be getting more and more popular because I think people are getting put slightly off Raya. Yeah, that's true because of that keeper that they bought. Um, yeah, Brentford. I think Rea should play, uh, but the problem is you can get the 8.5 combo from other teams, and the, the Brentford would have to be a 9.0 combo. Yeah. So those small things. I owned Sanchez last season when he got the red card, so I, I got this one game out of steel as my backup. So <laughs> hopefully, I'm not hoping this will happen again, but uh, if Sanchez gets injured, I, at least I have a goalkeeper. Yeah. And I think mine was Grealish, but I don't have him anymore, so I'm not going <laughs> to say. I do think he'll be a good pick, but I think he's a good pick against 
lesser teams. I suppose they've got good fixtures. I don't know. He's a risky one. He got an assist in one of the preseason games uh, for Holland, and then they celebrated like it was something that they do or are going to continue doing in, in training and on the pitch. So Grealish is one I considered quite highly. He also asked, who are the heavenly, uh, hev- heavily owned players you suspect will disappoint? Perisic is one of them. Uh, I don't own him. I don't know. It's not anyone other than Bailey and Neto that I'm truly that worried about. Rich? Yeah, it's just some cheap players. I mean, Meslier could be a mistake, but it's just random with the keepers. You could pick the right one, you could pick the wrong one. So, yeah, yeah probably Neto, because there's not many places to escape if it goes wrong. But then he's he's only 5.5 million. So, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like worried. Like, if he banks a few times, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's my season over. Like, the rest of my players I really like. I'm quite confident in most of them, but it's pretty template. What about you, Stefan? Yeah, Neko Williams will disappoint people <laughs> when he has to come play, come in and play. And I can see uh, Cash is heavily owned. Uh, he might disappoint. Son might disappoint a bunch of people because I think uh, his minutes are going to be reduced again now, especially with Richarlison coming in. Uh, Coutinho doesn't seem like himself could easily be benched for uh, Buendia at some point. He's heavily owned. But that's just, this is overall ownership. I don't think any of the template players are gonna disappoint. Maybe maybe Perisic. Uh, I'm willing to accept that he's a he's a risk. So let's see what happens. The template looks a lot stronger than normal because I mean back in the day there used to be some really odd ones, didn't there? You know you'll get like a. Kante or, or something like that in there. Um, we don't seem to have that. Or Hoiberg or, or Romeo, something like that. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem to be... I look at the top-home players now, so I am looking at EO here, breaking my rule, but I can't see anyone that's like really shocking and I can't see a reason why. I agree with Coutinho. Yeah, and Bruno Gomez as well. Mm, he, he's quite cheap, though. Uh, six million. But they might be signing Madison as well. Oh, what, Newcastle? Mm, it's been rumoured. It's been rumoured. Because I was... Um, I was kind of flirting with the idea of Matt Madison, but then it's not worth the risk now. Yeah. He's going to move teams. Yeah. Okay, moving on. So we had a few from Twitter, mostly from Mark and Bison22. We've kind of answered quite a lot of yours, uh, Mark, so I'm not going to go through all of them. I suppose it is getting both Kane and Son trusting the Conte and Ultimate Template Breaker. I'm going to ask that one to you, Stefan. Yeah, it's a Template Breaker, but um, um, I'm, I'm not sure... Uh, it will break anything other than your own team. I, I'm skeptical also. I think it's been priced way too high now, and this minutes will be a bit reduced at least when the fixtures start to congest. Yeah, so, I do think Kane is a good pick, but um, yep. since that Holland pick is just better at the moment. He does also ask: Is KDB a safer pick than Niggly Holland? What do you reckon, Rich? I'd rather go Holland. I, I've seen more and more people looking at KDB, but I don't fancy it myself. I'd rather. I mean. I don't particularly want Son, but I'd rather have Son than KDB, for example. Yeah. So I'd go Holland all day. And then you can switch to Kane when he gets injured. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I, I did <laughs> actually have. He has missed 36 games since 2018 due to injury, Holland has. And last season, he missed 16 games and only got 24 appearances in the league from a possible 34. But in that time, he did score 22 goals, and his record at Dortmund is 62 goals from 67 appearances. I did list here, he was odds on for the Golden Boot, but I think that's changed now. Um, and it was just the, 
the Pep comments saying he needs a couple of weeks to, to get going, but he played 90 in the Charity Shield. He looked like he's going to score a lot of goals, so that's why he's in. Uh, so Mark also asked here, all is not well at Chelsea, and Tuchel has been scathing about his players in pre-season and isn't sure if they'll be ready for game week one. Tuchel also said that they don't have enough defenders to play five at the back, so is Mendy, Reese James and Chilwell a hard avoid for now? Now, we've all got James... We don't all have Mindy. Just go over why it's sticking with James, Stefan. Uh, just because he played right wing back the last uh, preseason game, and if he does that, he has uh, he's so explosive and has he's 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 just extreme extremely good. So I think with the easy fixtures they have combined from one to at least uh, through seven, I think it's a, it's a good pick. If he gets moved to centre-back and stays there, I'll, I'll just move on to someone else. Yeah, Rich? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, I know they've been linked with Dumfries today. Um, so, yeah, if he did move to centre-back, you could always... I mean, I wouldn't be... I'd, I'd happily hold him for a couple of weeks if I had other more pressing transfers, but I'm just not going to go into the season without him. He's, his ceiling is ridiculous. Um, he's, he's he's so underpriced. Six million just seems like a bargain when you think he's like 0.5 more than Neto for example I'm not going to take the risk and not go with him and actually that's partly why I'm going Diaz because there's still Chilwell as well if they stick with that back five I want him too once he's you know fully fit and nailed yeah he's not going to play centre back <laughs> so, so move James to Chilwell if James is uh, moving to centre back yeah fair Fair points. Okay, anything else to say for this podcast, guys? I feel like we've we've wrapped up as much as we can, and we've we've given some good info out there. Just a quick last question from Mad Hatter: Bailey, Neto, or Vissa? He says, "Talk to me." So, give me your choice on that one, quick. I mean, I've gone for Neto for my team. Yeah, I think he with the Jimenez injury now, he just feels a lot more nailed than the other two. Like we mentioned before, that they've got Leeds as the first fixture. They've got a decent ish fixture run I mean they've got some good games you know leading up to when we might be wildcarding yeah um, at least for the first six games anyway actually on that with mm. him and his out it does have an impact on Neto David Monday looked into it and, and he actually found out that when Jimenez was out two seasons ago Neto had more attacking returns than any other player at Wolves so he did only score twice and got five assists but yeah, he's doing well pre-season. Wolves have good fixtures. He's cheap. He's playing further forward. Heat maps uh, last season, mainly attacking. Eight assists and five goals in the season before last. There's a lot of potential there. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Neto. What about you, Stefan? Neto as well. He's in my team and has been since the start. He's going he's gonna to get his chance with me. Yeah. Which... I'm just surprised it took you that long to sort of mention Game Week 39. Like you almost got to the end of the pod without mentioning that you're now close friends with David Monday. Yeah, but. me and David are like brothers now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, game week 39 was at the end of last season. Uh, North versus South. We won, and I got an assist. So, uh, if you have me in your team, you're welcome. Um, I captained you, although yeah, I I would have captained Nacho otherwise, and he scored two. So. <laughs> Yeah, but thank you for the assist. It was I, a good assist. Well, I, did, well. I did break my ankle halfway through that game, and <laughs> I carried on playing just for you, uh, just because I knew you had me as your captain. I was like, yeah. Anyway, uh, that was a good pod. Thanks, for that guys. So, if you want to join the mini league, uh, we do have a mini league still, even though we've got no Patreon anymore. 
the code is G31DER. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at FPL Surgery. You can pop me, me an email still. It's uh, FPL Surgery Podcast at gmail.com. And I think you've got one last thing to say, Rich. Up the pot. Oh, my voice went weird there. <laughs> oh. Try again. Try again, mate. Up the pod. Stefan? Up the pod. Up the pod, guys. Good luck in the season. If you can... Um, I'll, I'll count up to five. Rich, you count up to ten. And then Stefan, go to fifteen. And then we'll... Just continue like that for a little bit and see how well it goes through. So one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Stefan's not quite. Eleven, twelve. <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> <laughs> Completely forgot. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. <laughs> you gave Stefan the hardest numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Did you forget? I forgot to respond, I didn't forget the numbers. What's the word? What's the word in English for eleven? <laughs> okay, I like this. I mean, like this sounds fine. Am I coming through fine for you guys or what? I mean, I'm not close to the mic at the moment. I was leaned back. Is that bad? That might be partly it, actually. You did sound quite faint. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's better now. Get closer to it. Okay. Um. <laughs>